Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, now that we talked about ramen noodles for about 10 minutes, we have a special guest on today. Oh, man. Who's our special guest? Our special guest is none other than our really good friend, Savvy. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing, Savvy? I'm good. I really missed you guys. Aw. 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 Don't get all sappy on Aww. me now. Aw. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. Are you excited to be on the podcast today? I am super excited. I'm also a little nervous, which both of you know already, but it's just because I am not good at the talking and the words. <laughs> that's okay. That's perfectly fine. We just need you to talk for a little bit, and then that's it. Say like 35 minutes straight. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you have stated you are an emotional empath. Is that correct? Yes. That's how I would identify myself. I am an emotional empath, which means I can easily read the emotions of a room or a person. I'm very in tune with others and how they feel. I'm doing research on it, and it seems to be pretty much all over the place. Like, I've tried to do research on it to get ready for this interview, and I've found people saying that you guys are psychics and that you can heal people with your mind and all kinds of stuff. So I don't think that the internet really knows very much about it. And I would very much like you to tell us exactly, like, how it affects you. How it affects me in my personal life or, like, if I was trying to, like, actually actively use it to help people. Let's say you're talking to somebody such as myself that has no idea what an empath is or what they do. How would you best explain it to be able to put me in your shoes? So a lot of the time, it's like all of your emotional like feelers that you put out into the universe are dialed up to 11. I can walk into a space or walk up next to a person and immediately get overwhelmed almost by the things that they are feeling, or if it's in a room or an area, by the very strong emotions that have been felt in that space. Jeremy, do you want to share what happened when we did our pre-interview? And I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so a little known fact about Infinite Rabbit Hole is that we like to do these things called pre-interviews, where we invite the guests that we're going to have on to come on and conversate a little bit about the topic so we can kind of put some feelers out there and find out what we need to look up and study so that we don't come on to the show and sound stupid. So Savvy came on with us about a week ago and let us in a little bit about what she wanted to talk about. I've never really heard of uh, anybody with empathetic abilities. I jumped on to the pre-interview. I said, so what is an empath? And she said something along the lines of, you're mad at your son today. And I said, 
what? <laughs> she said, yeah, I can feel it. And I was like, that is so particular. How do you know that? And she's just like, I feel it. I just get the, the feeling off of you, which answered one of my questions that I was going to save for today, which was, do you need to be in the room for this to work? Or can you do this over a video chat like what we're doing on Zoom right now? I will say that being in person helps a lot, especially if it's a stranger. But to people that I know a little bit more intimately, like how I'm friends with you, friends with Jake, I can sometimes detect it a little bit easier. And some of it sometimes is body language and being able to recognize that kind of stuff as well. It's a lot of intuition. You are so specific. You said, you're mad at your son. And I said, wow, I have three children. I could have been mad at any one of them. I could have been mad at my dog. I could have been mad at my wife. But you knew I was mad at my son. And I was like, okay, so maybe there's something here that we need to talk about. Oh, it's even better because she totally pinned what was going on with me first. She was like, Jake, you love your wife or something's going on with your wife. And I was like, okay, you know. And then you're sitting there and you're writing her notes. And then she says, Jeremy, you're pissed off. And it's your son's fault or something like that. And you just stop everything you're doing, look up and be like, did you just guess that? She's like, well, I felt that. And you're like, what? (laughs) It was awesome. You know, it was super cool. So I don't know how you then say that you're not psychic, but. I don't think it's a psychic thing. I've seen a lot of stuff where it's like, it's a psychic ability and all this stuff. I don't see it as being psychic. So the best way that I've heard this explained is the difference between sympathetic and empathetic. A lot of people are probably listening to this right now and they're like, oh, I can feel how people feel. That's not anything special to me. The difference between what you're feeling and what an empath is feeling is you're feeling sympathy. You're looking at somebody and you're seeing somebody's having a tough day and you're like, wow, I've been in those shoes. I know what they're going through. I feel bad for this person. That's sympathy. Empathy is when you're putting yourself into that person's point of view and literally living through that person's eyes. Is that a good explanation of what you feel? That's really hard because you do literally live through the person's emotions, but you don't live vicariously through them or you don't actually put yourself in their shoes in a literal sense. If somebody is really angry, I will not know why they're angry unless I talk to them, but I will be able to tangibly feel their anger. And then if I don't block myself or protect myself from their anger, it will become my own anger. It's like you can, you're absorbing it. Right. I get it. Not really, but I get it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an emotional vampire. Yes. That's in the more literal sense. That is a common term that I've been coming across doing research on empathy. Do you have like a, a really good line to draw there between the two of them? What's the differences? What's the similarities? An empath doesn't take away anything from anybody else when they're absorbing all of the emotions. So it's not like if you're angry and I'm next to you, suddenly you won't become angry and I will become angry. It's not like that. I will just be able to feel your anger on the exact same level. But for an energy vampire, and this is in like the broadest terms, I'm not extremely familiar with them. I just know enough to stay away. Energy vampires tend to 
prey on empaths from what I know, and they tend to literally suck away your energy, your feelings. The best thing that I can compare it to is a Dementor from Harry Potter. I'm probably going to lose a lot of listeners here, but I've never seen Harry Potter, so you're going to have to explain that to me. Maybe this will help out. I've been around a emotional or an energy vampire before. They didn't know it, and it took a while. It wasn't until I found out what it was that I was like, oh, man, that totally makes sense. But this was probably the most depressed person I've ever met in my entire life, or at least that's the emotions that came off of them. But you could be having a great day. Everything's going well. Your week's going well. You get around this person for two minutes, and you are miserable. Mm. And you just suck that happiness right out of your heart. And I think that's might be along the lines of what it is. A Dementor in Harry Potter is a being that takes people's energy out by like getting in front of them and making the sucking sound and it sucks the energy right out of their bodies and stuff and it kills them. Um well, no. off of their energy. <laughs> Dementors suck away happy memories. Am I right, Savvy? Like is an energy vampire just they only take away like your happy emotions or can they there be people that are positive and take away your bad emotions too? I don't know enough about energy vampires to answer that clearly, but I would imagine so. I would imagine that they just prey on energy that is available to them, not particularly positive or negative. But like I said, I am not an expert in that field. I'm not an expert on empaths either. So I'm just going off what I know. We're not looking for experts. We're just looking for your story and your knowledge. This is an interesting topic that a lot of people probably don't even know is out there. And who knows, somebody listening to this episode could go and look this up and be like, wow, I'm an empath. This answers a lot of questions. One question I have for you is what kind of challenges does being an empath present to you on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I do not want to leave my house very often. I am an introvert by nature, but empaths can be either introverted or extroverted. But being in crowds, being around a lot of people is extremely draining when you don't know how to block the energies or the emotions from other people. So I tend to stay in my house, stay isolated. Thankfully, Alex and I have moved out into the middle of nowhere, which is a lot better than being in the city for an empath because there's a lot less input all the time. So I can finally feel like I'm relaxing when I'm at home rather than listening to the sirens outside or listening to, you know, the neighbors arguing or whatever and taking in all of that emotion at one time. So I would assume that going to places like concerts or fairs or even a busy beach would not be a very good experience for an empath, huh? Large crowds are extremely demanding for me at least, and in general to a lot of empaths, unless you know how to protect yourself from all of that input. Let's say you're in a big crowd. Let's say you're going grocery shopping, right? And the cashier, even though you haven't gone up to pay for your things yet, you just walked in the door. The cashier is having a terrible day. Does that destroy your experience in the grocery store? It depends on how many people are in the grocery store. The levels of crowds kind of change how much I can interpret 
but most of the time, because there are so many people, even to me, a gathering of more than five people is a little overwhelming because when you get a group of people together like that, they're doing so many different things. They're in so many different headspaces. They're experiencing so many different emotions that it's hard to pinpoint just one. It drains the energy out of me completely because I am trying to simultaneously like fight off all of this emotional input but also like because I don't know how to prevent it it's all like welling up inside me and it's very chaotic so when did you find out that you had this ability and also does anyone in your family that you know of have it it took a long time for me to realize what it was because my mother always told me that I was her emotional child. I was the child that cried at the drop of a hat. I was the one who, you know, I wanted to be at home in bed reading all the time. It was very weird. Like it, yeah, it took a lot of doing research and looking at lists of attributes that empaths tend to have for me to truly feel like, okay, yeah, that I'm an empath. Like this all applies to me. It's, it's clear as day. I think that my mom on some level must have known because I think that she on some level is at least highly empathetic, if not empath herself, because it kind of started when I was very young. She would not let me go to funerals for my family members. And I didn't understand why until I was, ooh, I wasn't even a teenager yet. And we had a funeral for somebody in our, in our family who was very important to me. So I demanded to go. I was very insistent on going. And so she let me go to the actual viewing. But when it came time to go put my family member to rest, she refused to let me go, didn't want me to go anywhere near a graveyard. And I didn't realize any of this until I would say three or four years ago when one of my best friends took me to visit one of his family members that's very important to him in a graveyard. And as soon as I stepped foot in that place, I cannot begin to tell you how overwhelmingly sad and depressed and just like anxious and everything like it's all of these intrinsically depressing emotions just pressing down on me weighing on my heart and I could not stop crying and I did not understand at the time why this was happening to me why can I not get control of myself why am I crying at the headstone of somebody that I don't even know wow that's uh so yeah the the person doesn't have to be living huh Mm-mm. wow so going into a place like a a graveyard it's just a portal of despair and sadness death that's got to be a lot huh? would yeah. you say that it's you're feeling what the people felt or it's just the because people go to graveyards and they're never happy and they're always depressed and sad and you can feel that that weight of that emotion that's a good point 
to me, it feels like the radiating energy of when these people are put into the ground, of when these people are laid to rest and their families are around them and just crying out in despair and mourning. That's what it feels like. That is a place that people go to mourn and that is a place that people go to feel grief. So to me, all of that just is so overwhelming. So you're saying that you're more picking up on the people that are alive visiting the place and picking up on their emotion, the leftover emotion that's there from them, not necessarily from the bodies that are in the ground. No, I, no, I don't get any input from the dead. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man, that would have been, that would have been crazy. Could you imagine that? Yeah, that'd, that'd be rough. That'd be some sixth sense. I see dead people sort of situation. That's, that's where I thought we were going to. So that's why I was trying to be, uh, specific with my questions and I'm glad that we, we figured that out. There's a word for that, isn't there? What's, what's the, what's the name of, of witchcraft? Somebody that... uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're thinking of medium mediums. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So you're definitely not a medium. No, I'm definitely not a medium. Okay. <laughs> well, man, that would have been really cool. Uh, maybe not for you, but you know, it, it would maybe take advantage of your ability and bring you over to a civil war battlefield. No, I don't even want to go there either. <laughs> oh man, that would, would be terrible. Yes. Let's not bring her to the place where they experience battlefield amputations. And okay. Just... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. The last thing that I need is actual physical pain to go along with the emotional pain. Would it, would it work like that? Could that happen? It can. There are a lot of people who are physical empaths or who experience more of the, you would call it sympathy pain. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who experience sympathy pain and that is a type of like being a physical empath rather than an emotional empath. I do get sympathy pain sometimes. It depends on how close I am with the person Mm -hmm. and like where their pain is on their body. If it's a place for me that I have not typically felt pain, then I usually won't be able to pick up on that. But if it's a pain that is similar to something that I have felt before, I will usually get the physical pain. But you'll actually feel physical pain? Like, let's Mm -hmm. say if someone broke their leg in front of you. If somebody broke their leg in front of me, I don't think that I would be able to feel their pain. I would definitely feel their emotional distress, but because I've never broken my leg, I wouldn't have anything to be able to tie me to that pain. It's a different type of empathy for me. Think of it like this, Jeremy. Like if you ever slammed your your bicycle foot pedal into your shin and then you watch a video about someone doing that. Oh, yeah. Feel it. You can like, you see it happen, and then you're like, oh, and you almost feel the ache in the same spot. Yep. I think that she can feel stuff like that, except much more intense and on a much more broad scale. I know for men, we can feel an empathy feeling whenever we see a video of someone getting hit in the goods. I can feel the ache in my stomach when when I see that happen. But I can't really imagine being where Savvy is, and then feeling that sort of general hurt all the time around other people, that'd be rough. I couldn't, 
He's feeling it right now. He's feeling I am. empathy right now because <laughs> that's something that men have is that we understand. I would imagine it'd be the same thing as a, a woman who has experienced childbirth and then, you know, talking with another woman that's about to experience childbirth and just being like, oh, and feeling that sympathy pain. It'd be the same sense because that's a very raw pain to go through. I would be very interested to talk to an, a male who's also empathetic. That would be the question I would ask him is what happens when you see someone get kicked in the jewels? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you just like lay down in a field position and, you know, just start your day over? Yeah. Oh man. I couldn't imagine. Like, <laughs> just thinking about it now, I've been, been pegged there plenty of times and it doesn't feel good. And you're right. I can, I can feel the pain right now. The memory of the pain right yeah, now but see, and, that's the thing. you just identified it you feel the memory of the pain yeah physical empaths would actually feel the pain not just the memory of it they would oh. feel the actual pain as if it were happening to them i wouldn't ever be able to be around a guy again <laughs> do you get this from like watching movies so movies are very difficult so movies for me there is only one genre of movie that i cannot physically force myself to watch because it becomes taxing on my emotional empathetic ability. Um, I cannot watch horror films, period. Oh, man. I love I, horror films. Like, the terror that they show, the actors show, even though I know that it's fake, it's as if I can feel it in my own body, and I end up with extremely horrific nightmares. Um, so I've never put myself through that ever again. But watching, like, action movies or, like, crime thriller stuff or anything like that is pretty normal because, like, it's a show. Like, I know that it's fake, so a lot of the time it's easier for those. But when it's, like, terror and screaming and all that, I can't handle it. It's similar with the way that mainstream media TV is right now with all the bad things that are happening in the world. Empaths, particularly ones of the emotional variety cannot stand to watch the news. I could understand that. Man, it's got to be really bad around like 9-11 and stuff, huh? Yeah. When they put out those videos recapping what happened on 9-11 and you see from the street view of people like videoing what's happening at the Twin Towers, like I just get this overwhelming terror and fear and it's it's like going through it all over again. And I was alive for that, but I was only three. I was just thinking about that when Savvy was talking about people that feel physical pain. And I was thinking about all the situations where that could be just a nightmare situation. For one, I thought about, well, I mean, just driving down the street, how many car accidents happen everywhere. You know, I wonder if that would be a thing. You think about any given street. And how many car accidents through the entire history of that street existing there and all the different places that it's happened. It would just be really terrible if it was like that. But then the, the last thing I thought of was because we just earlier this month went through it was uh, September 11th, uh, the site of the uh, the Freedom Tower now, Ground Zero. And I was sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, I bet you that there's areas that are completely avoided by people like that. So I will tell you that when I was in middle school, we took a field trip to the Pentagon and we went to the memorial site for the victims of the plane crash at the Pentagon. 
and that was extremely difficult for me, even though it wasn't as close up to the building as the memorials of the Twin Towers are, because those are basically exactly where they were. It wasn't as close to the building as the crash was. I never, ever want to do that again, ever. Sorry about you know, being a little shallow-minded about this topic. There's certain things that just kind of click for me. We want to talk about Bigfoot and Dogman and ghosts and aliens and stuff like that. I'll click right on. But something like this, I'm really interested in the topic and I'm very happy with the way that this conversation is going so far because I'm learning a lot. I really am. It's it's difficult for me to to grasp a concept like this. It's just something I've never really put any time and effort into before. Well, and if you don't experience it for yourself, I'm of the assumption that it would be very difficult for you to be able to understand completely because we live very not social lives. (laughs) It becomes a very difficult topic for empaths to talk about, I believe, when we have to be somewhere with such strong emotional trauma. So it doesn't surprise me that it's not a very well talked about topic in like everyday life does alex have to check himself before he comes home as far as if he's having a really crappy day at work does he have to try to park up prior to coming home or does it really matter could you feel it if he was faking it like yeah today was great so the situation with alex is really interesting empaths typically have a hard time with extremely intimate relationships. And with Alex, yes, he does have to leave a lot of it at the door, um, especially if he's had a really hard day at work. But thankfully, he has an hour drive. And I have told him, you have an hour drive to call somebody that you're really close to, call your dad, talk, you know, vent, get all that off your chest before you walk in the door because his negative emotions affect me the most of everything. So there was a time in our relationship when any time we would get into a disagreement, if he was even the slightest bit angry, I would burst into tears. I could not physically handle being in an argument with him because I was so in tune with his emotions and they would just flood me and overwhelm me. So I had to learn also how to filter out his emotions and mine separately so that we can have a cohesive discussion rather than a screaming match. It's very difficult as an empath to live with somebody, to be in an intimate relationship with somebody, and not let that person's emotions basically control your life and your physical state and your emotional state. Besides that, it doesn't seem like it'd be very fair if you and Alex were having an argument or a disagreement, let's say, and he wants to convey something. And if you allowed that emotion to get to you to the point where you were breaking down, then I don't see how any sort of disagreement could really be handled. You know, in the same way, it's important for a couple during a disagreement to Uh, listen to each other, especially if they don't care about what the other person's saying, because there's that mutual respect and everything. And it's like, you know, okay, you know, you get your chance to say whatever you're going to say, and then I get my chance and then volleying back and forth. And that there's a 
a system in place for disagreements and having those sorts of discussions, but being able to control those emotions, not allowing it to get overboard as far as I'm going from speaking my mind to screaming at this person, but also the other person's as they're receiving that information, not going from, well, I'm receiving this information to now I'm breaking down and this discussion's over. So I think it would be even more so difficult if it was someone who's more sensitive to all of that energy being thrown around. Yeah, it was extremely difficult for the first little while until I got used to actually living with him and being in the same space as him for basically the rest of our lives. So I knew that I would have to get used to this. So he would start a discussion. And if I started crying, he would completely leave the room. We would separate. We would kind of table it for a little while so that I could relax, get myself under control. He could get himself under control so that it wouldn't be distracting to me. And then he would come back and have a normal discussion. Now it's a lot easier for us to have that initial encounter and me not get completely overwhelmed by him and his emotions. But I will admit that sometimes if he is extremely distraught or extremely frustrated over something, then sometimes that does still bleed over and I don't start crying anymore, but I will echo that feeling right back to him. So it will escalate the situation more and it doesn't help. I've been hearing a lot of sadness that comes with empathy. Is there any anger or happiness or jealousy that comes with it too? Is there, are there other emotions? Empaths can feel the full range of emotions from other people. So like say we went to a New Year's party and everybody there was extremely happy. You know, there was nothing wrong in the world everybody was having a grand old time. That joy, that happiness, I can still feel that. And honestly, that is like the thing that I live for as an empath. I love feeling other people's joy. It's incredible. And it honestly brings me joy for my own emotions. Is that magnified too? When it's Alex, who I have an incredibly intimate relationship with, yes. Okay. Okay. You have an intimate relationship with your husband? Yes, what? I have an Ew. With my husband. <laughs> oh. Not like you two would know anything about that. No, wouldn't nope. know anything about that. <laughs> you know that that's not the, the path I was going down, but that's pretty interesting to know too. So I like to add a little bit of science into some of these episodes. All of these episodes. There has been plenty of studies done on empaths. And scientifically, it's confirmed that there are people that feel exaggerated emotions from the setting of of a room or a a particular person's emotion. They tested this out and they were able to measure the amount of serotonin and oxytonin in a person's system. Serotonin is, of course, the hormone that's affiliated with pleasure. And oxytonin is the the hormone that is affiliated with pain. And oxytonin is one that's released during uh, childbirth or any other kind of extreme pain. Empaths have been tested and run through the ringer and found out that indeed during these events that empaths say that they're feeling increased emotions about, 
there are higher levels of oxytocin and serotonin and lower levels of each uh, to correspond to be compared to a person that would have a typical reaction to an emotion given off by somebody else. Uh, So there is something there. Another thing I like to point out too, is that if anybody else listening to this would like to get a, a very good scientific point of view on empathy, there is a YouTube page, and I'm going to give a free shout out to a person I don't even know, but the page is called Vital Mind Psychology. And this guy, I've watched probably five of his episodes on YouTube, and he does a very good job at explaining what an empath is and what empathy is in relation to a person that that cannot understand it from a a, a layman's point of view. I've also heard that empaths are the complete opposite to it's either sociopaths or psychopaths. So whereas one cannot really feel a lot of range of emotion, Mm -hmm. if at all, empaths feel an incredibly wide range of emotion. Jake, did you research mirror whatevers? I tried to research mirror neurons. So when we were doing the pre-interview, I brought up mirror neurons thinking that it had something to do with empathetic abilities. Here's an article right now on newscientist.com. It said, people who are good at interpreting, interpreting facial expressions have mirror neuron systems that are more active, says researchers. The finding adds weight to the idea that these cells are crucial to helping us figure out how others are feeling. It said mirror neurons are brain cells that fire both when you do something and when you watch someone else do the same thing. Because they allow us to mimic what others are doing, it is thought that these neurons may be responsible for how we can feel empathy or others' intentions and states of mind. So basically it would be your spouse comes in, your spouse has had a crappy day at work or whatever, and you are in a good mood, your spouse is in a bad mood. And either you, because you care about your spouse, you then assume their bad mood in the same way you could catch a common cold from somebody that you're around. You catch their emotions because you're empathetic to their emotions. Or say, even still, if you had a stronger, more positivity about you, they could catch that and they had a really terrible, crappy day, but they come home, they see your your bright, smiling face and they see how you know upbeat you are. And they assume that identity because they also care about you. So it can go either way. And so when I was hearing about what Savvy was saying, that's what was going through my mind. It's like, okay, so mirror neurons. But from what you've been telling us, it sounds a lot deeper than that. That that's just scratching the surface with mirror neurons. It, it might in some ways be a tool or give an example of what is going on there. But it sounds like, empathetic abilities or being an emotional empath goes a heck of a lot deeper than just that does. Cause that's just normal people dealing with people that they care about and their range of emotions around them. I have heard from other people who have done research on empaths is that mirror neurons is like you said, just the start of what we can do. There are a lot of factors that go into being an empath. So the mirror neurons would be one an incredible sense of intuition would be another. Like I told Jeremy at the beginning of this, I could tell that he was angry at his son the last time we spoke because I can see his body language, but also I just kind of knew 
So it's a combination of the two of them really is like, to me, seems like the primary pieces of scientific evidence. Do you guys have anything else? Any other things, any other questions that you have? I think we pretty much covered everything. And I appreciate you really just letting us just shotgun questions at you. I love questions. I do not want to have to try and fill the silence. I asked a lot more questions today than I had ready. I did. And that that was good because as we were talking, more questions were building. And I think we got a lot. We're going to make something out of this episode for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you guys need more from me, just let me know. And I will be happy to schedule another meeting. Absolutely. Everybody heard that. So if anybody listening to this episode has questions for Savvy, write them down, send us it in a comment on our Facebook page or shoot us an email at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com and we'll have her back on and we'll shoot off a bunch of your questions to her. Would love that. Thank you for being here with us. Of course. Anything for two of my favorite boys. Oh, 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 awesome. Well, Savvy, thank you so much for being on here for helping us make an episode about this. I think this is going to be a really cool episode. It's going to bring light to people that have otherwise would have had no idea what this was and really give that, that depth and that clarity. And I think that this is going to be a really good episode that people are going to really enjoy it. And that they're going to learn something. Our paranormal cryptid, all that stuff. That's all fun. It's entertainment, getting to interview people that have had really neat, interesting experiences is cool. But I also like that we are opening up this podcast to encompass other topics like natural phenomena, you know, emotional empath sort of things, something that I had never heard of that before. I don't think Jeremy had ever heard of that before. Your ability to describe what it is, give examples, answer all of our questions. I appreciate all of that because I just learned something completely new that I had never even considered or thought of. And it would seem to reason, right? You have people that are complete sociopaths on one side of the, the spectrum that can't feel anything, don't pick up anything from anybody. Why wouldn't there be something on the complete opposite of that spectrum? Someone that can just absorb all of that and capture it. Say the vampiristic side, but then also the, I can feel everything from the people that I'm around, especially if I'm close to them. And then why wouldn't there be those two sides? If this one's so well known, this you know sociopath, why wouldn't there be someone else that could was the exact opposite of that? And I think that you totally just opened up our eyes to the fact that there is and that it's a very interesting topic. I would like to do more research on it outside of this and look up what science has to say about it. And if it is even a research topic as much as say uh, a different emotional disorder would be. And I would like to say to your listeners, that I'm not an expert. I don't know everything. I've only known about this for probably three or four years and I'm still learning. So even if you have questions or advice, I would love for the boys to have me back on. So give us a shout. Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can do so on facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. If you have a story to share with us or would like to be interviewed, you can contact us at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Thank you again, and have a great day.
Yeah, I think he talked to Jake the other day. <gasps> Jake, we you talk, didn't say that? We talk every day. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, his... his oh, I definitely don't feel loved at all now. Our relationship, like Alex and myself versus my relationship with you is so much more like, has so much more depth and <laughs> richness in the same way, this ramen noodle thing <laughs> has so much more depth and richness than the other cardboard and salt thing that I've tried. Awesome. Just, yeah. So many more facets. So I'm the 10 cent bag and he's the dollar bag. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I really appreciate that, man. When I'm blowing off your messages, I'm talking to Alex. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. Well, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> yeah, Come on, cat. Let's I'll go. This, I'll just do this with Alex now. He'll be my <laughs> co-host. Yeah. Well, oh, me. Uh, I'm going to start this over, so I'm just going to delete that whole thing. I'm going to start over, okay? Yeah, you suck, man. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> so i like to add a little bit of science into some of these episodes all of these episodes and uh science science bill nine 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 it's just about that. <laughs> Dude, bill nine the science guy bill nine <laughs> <laughs> Oh geez, man, we are we are a, a team. I feel it. Well, if you need an editor, I'm available. Okay, I'll send you something. Because I'm getting my degree in creative writing in English. Oh, nice, good, real good. I'm getting my degree in uh, Bigfootology. So, Ooh. yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's what I, that's the subject I want to study. I'm just kidding. I want an actual degree that will benefit me in the future. Underwater basket <laughs> weaving. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, it's it's like what they say, you know. What do they say? I don't know. I'm not them, but I'm sure they say something. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy knew. Jeremy knew, knew exactly too. what I was gonna yeah. do. I've been doing that for months now. <laughs> <laughs> I just leave it open ended and be like, I don't know what they say. I'm, I'm not I'm, them. I'm putting that at the end of the episode too, so everyone knows that's coming. Dang.